From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in animated impressionable Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Steve McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. In this interview episode, we say hello to the head of the Game Design Club at the Minneapolis College of Art and Design, Rachel Peterson, to discuss game development education and all the different ways to learn to make games. And so, if everyone's ready, let's start. Hi, Rachel. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) So you are a student in the animation program at MCAD. Yes. You're also Lord President of the Game Design Club. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, Tell us about that. Um, Okay. So uh, I am concentrating in 3D animation at my school. So all my classes are basically just like Maya and with like this one teacher, Dave. He's a pretty cool guy. And for my club, every week, I just sort of either arrange, uh, like, guest lecturers. Like, actually, Mark, you've showed up. and did. shown it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. Um, <laughs> I always get so nervous because I'm like, please come back. <laughs> I don't want to scare anyone away. Um, and we also, like, do, like, small workshops. Like, I had a little workshop, like, making a game in Twine and stuff like that, oh, uh, that cool. the past weekend. Um, this weekend's going to be a chill-out, play-each-other's games uh, sort of weekend. So. Mm-hmm. And Stephen, when you were in school, you had a similar club that you I ran, I did. Right? We didn't have it on weekends. We had it during school days. Well, that's your first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, back when I was up in Duluth, uh, I uh, ran a club called uh, Media Arts Club. Uh, the guy who originally changed the name of the club, his name was Mac. So Media Arts Club is Mac. It's really clever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, so yeah, I, I, I feel your pain on like how to run a student group. I feel like you guys should have a little bit of like a support group thing going on right now. <laughs> it's not it's not that bad. It's just it's hard to get people to come out and do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have experience mm-hmm. with this, right, Rachel? Like getting people to show up. Yeah. Um, actually, like it's hard to get people that live off campus to show up at all on campus mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like uh, there's this one kid that I t- that, like in all, in all of my like 3D animation classes. And I'm like, dude, you're you want to go into games? Like, why don't you come to this? And he's just like but then I'd have to come in. It's like, (laughs) dude, if you want to like spend time with people and get to know people on campus, then you should show up more. So yeah, it's actually tough to get people who live off campus back on. Right. Animation at MCAD, you're like in the computer lab every day. Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) I didn't study animations. (laughs) uh, It's the most like intense major at the, at the school. Okay. So how long every day do you, are you in class? Classes, studios are one to six, so that's five hours of studio time. Whoa, that is a lot. <laughs> uh, the liberal arts classes are, are shorter. They tend to be from 9.30 a.m. to noon, so that's about two and a half hours. Um, so Tuesday is my double day, so that's 9.30 a.m. to 6 p.m., and I normally stay afterwards to to get more stuff done because that's, uh, that's my rendering day. So not only do I have to you know, set up the shaders and I have to then render them out and like wait mm-hmm. and then make sure they look fine. So Compiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that. So I spend a lot of my time waiting for things to th- th- this semester. Yeah, when I do motion graphics, a lot of my time is rendering and that is the time where either I've set up something else to do to make use of my time or I haven't, and I'm just like cursing myself out all day. Like, what? <laughs> I'm being so inefficient right now yeah. as the thing's just chugging along, and you know, yeah, I I, I know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rachel, what kind of things do you guys uh, talk about in your group? Um, we have a like video game of the month oh, okay. sort of thing, 
it's not exactly a month. It's like, I don't know, five weeks or whatever. Uh, but we just sort of all play a game for a month and then come back for one meeting. Um, and we like, this month we're uh, talking about Gone Home. Uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, I think. Um, we're going to Glamdoll. We're going to get some donuts. And we're Ooh. just going to like just talk about our experiences and what we liked about it, what we didn't like about it. Um, it'll be my first time actually like leading a discussion on this sort of thing. Uh-huh. So I'm like sitting here thinking about like, how do I do this? I mean, I guess I'll go through like, all right, let's talk about the narrative design. Okay. And then let's talk about like the mechanics themselves. I don't yeah. know. I'll like. Yeah, I'll, that, that's yeah. cool. It's like a video game book club. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's how I tell people. It's like it's book club, but replace book with video game. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, do you guys like watch videos on game design and stuff? I know when I ran the club, we would normally watch uh, extra credits. Um, I don't know if people have heard of it, but it's on YouTube. Uh, James Port now. He was at one of the he was at GlitchCon one year. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's nuts. Yeah. I didn't um, realize that's who that that's who that was. Yes. Uh, I'm retroactively he, he, excited about <laughs> that. He does the writing he does the writing for those. Um but anyways, uh do you guys like have videos or like try do you try to teach other people about di- different aspects of game development? I tend to avoid videos. Okay. I that's the thing I share like in our Facebook group. Mm. Um but I don't spend the meeting watching them just because two hours isn't a ton of time yeah and i'm worried i don't want to turn into one of those people that's like hey look at this youtube video i like because <laughs> then it's just you know what if people aren't into it yeah mm-hmm. you know if they really want to watch it i think they would um but otherwise i'm using the club time to like work on things we you know the workshops learning how to you know use twine together or like a discussion group or having a guest lecturer come in um and they show off their game. Okay, cool. That sounds more focused in my group. <laughs> we were only four people strong, so it was we were just kind of laid back. Oh, don't get me wrong. Not a ton of people show up. Mm. I just like planning things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's something I don't share with you. <laughs> I don't really like planning, but all right. That's cool. I know that when I came in, uh, to your group, I know you talked a little bit about the resources that you have and don't have uh, to, to help you know, everyone with everyone's education, certain books that you have access to that you want everyone to look at and resources and websites and videos that you forward on. Um, what's the challenge of that, like designing a curriculum? What's nice is that uh, the school is super supportive. Oh, yeah. So the school is willing to work with you to make the, edu- like, the educational experience that you want. Like my, uh, the animation program at my school is very film focused. We're not going to be doing really any games work. Uh, there is, uh, there are there are actually two games classes, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, they're cent- they used to be centered around centered around Unity. Now it's uh, the guy that's teaching it knows Unreal. But those are the only like two classes really that are like super focused on it. But like the library, um, and I'm sure this is at other schools too. So if someone in college is listening. Talk to your like talk to the, the school's librarians because they are willing to work with you. Like I just send them, I just sent them like a list of like twenty different books that could possibly be interesting, and they got every single one. Wow. I was just like, dang, that's like that's possibly like three hundred dollars worth of books, and they got it that same week that wow. I asked for them. So impressive. talk like use your school resources. You'd be surprised how willing your school is uh, is willing to work with you. Yeah, I know that there's there's a with indie developers the attitude the go it alone your attitude is so strong mm-hmm. that it's it's you probably very often forget that like oh there's things there that you can use to help you. 
So that's, that's great I'm advice. so strongly against that. <laughs> I don't know if it's just because of like learning about art history and I'm mm-hmm. an artist, but if you look at every major art period, it's always a group of people. It's always a group of friends, mm-hmm. and they're the famous guys. So if you want to like get famous, work with a group of friends and become really awesome at what you do is like kind of nice. like my conclusion that came from it. Like with a community, you can learn so much more than on your own. Yeah. So I find that very important. That's what college is all about too. And just like the local like IGA meetings too, is just forming that community, having that group of people that can support you and you can support them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've, I, we've talked about it on the show plenty of times, but really having a community is just so invaluable. It's just, it's such a useful resource. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you guys should seek out whoever you can, where, where you're listening from. <laughs> <laughs> um, so does being a student help, you mo- help motivate you? Like being so early on in your video game development career, does that motivate you into pursuing more? That's a hard question to wrap my head around because, I don't know, my, my education is like kind of indirectly Related to video game development, right. but that's like what I'm you learning want about. To pursue, right? Yes, okay. yes. Uh, so, like learning about 3D modeling, that's definitely applicable. But you're not necessarily working on a game; you're just making model after model. Mm-hmm. So, it's it gets kind of tricky because I have all these classes where I'm like definitely gaining skills that will help me, but I'm not actually like making anything yet. So, if anything, it can be a little demotivating at times, just mm. because there's so much on my plate. And I really don't have too much time to, to actually work on video games. I mean, that's also because I don't know how to program. Um, I come from a very artistic background, so I feel like I might be able to do a little more if I already like had some of those basic skills. Mm-hmm. Should have done stuff in high school. Oh, well. <laughs> that's okay. Well, it's never too late to right. pick up yet another discipline. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's just, it's just hard with my school. It's very... Oh, sure. um, just a very intensive program. So mm-hmm. there's not a ton of time during the school year, mm-hmm. especially I have all of this other stuff, like the glitch immersion program project. And I have like a couple people on Slack that are like, Hey, you know, I could use some artistic help from I'm like, sure, buddy, I'll get to you when I can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you mentioned immersion. We've talked about that on this show. We're all alums of that. And uh, you were part of the last cohort. Um, tell us about uh, what that brought to the table for you. Well, the main reason why I went into the Glitch Immersion program was because of the lack of direct video game content Mm. in my uh, education at MCAD. Mm -hmm. So having something to supplement that outside of my... my degree was a, like, it was a really great opportunity. And I feel like, I don't know, it really kicked my butt. Like for so long, I was like terrified of programming and like getting into these engines. But then when we played around, like on that unity day, with just like the physics engine. I was just like, I can do this. So like this last <laughs> week I did the, the pong go dot, like a uh, little tutorial thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it took way too long. That should have been 30 minutes. I was like four hours of work, oh. <laughs> but I got something and I put a little score system. Made me so happy. That's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those little victories, they pile up. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, they do. Like the last game I made was in high school. And uh, it was my boyfriend that was the programmer. I had another friend doing level design. And I was like the art director. And that was, that was a really fun experience. Even though none of us knew what we were doing, we just sort of made something together. So I haven't had the chance to do that since. So it's just like really exciting. And like the Glitch Immersion program gave me an opportunity to work with people. 
though I had a small health problem. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, um, I had a migraine like the day of, like the the major capstone project. So I was oh, like, no. at, oh, it, oh, and by the way, it was my first migraine. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so just like terrible luck that day for me. But right, everybody else was like here for 24 hours and you were at home suffering. Yeah. Like <laughs> at, at, trying to work remotely, like powering through as best you could, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Nick, the the person who ran the the program with Glitch, he was very awesome about it. He just messaged me like, hey, you know, if you get the opportunity, talk to this team, they need artistic help. So I was able to reach out to them and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm getting a wave of pain right now, but describe to me what you want and I will work <laughs> on it the next chance available. So it was like, I got to indirectly like work on a game and then I came in the next day, uh, did the presentation, which was a lot of fun. I did on the spot uh, portraits of people. Those were great. <laughs> that was a lot of fun yeah, to do. Yeah. We should share that on the, on the, in the notes. Yeah. A, a, a lot of people, almost everybody tweeted there. So we'll gather those up. We'll, we'll, we'll put links to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were a hit. <laughs> Lots of people talk about them after. I actually, like someone sent me an email this past week saying, hey, like you drew my portrait and uh, you gave me uh, your business card. So like my company has this animation internship. Oh, you should like oh. send in your stuff. So I did. I'm, I'm waiting to hear back. But that's nice. exciting. That's so cool. Oh, yeah. For those of you out like in college, make business cards. Get like your graphic design friend to help you. Pay them a little bit because that's the nice thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> and and hand out your business cards and go to events because you'll never know like how your name gets out there. Yeah, the connections you make, the things that lead to things are so random that you yeah. need to keep yourself open to them. Right? Yeah. Yep, good advice. Definitely. I think yeah. we all have examples of those for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I met Ava because I went to... Ava, who runs Glitch, um, I met her at a thing that the University of Minnesota Libraries put on that mm-hmm. was just vaguely having to do with video games. And so Ava showed up, and they like made her stand up and, and say something. And I was like, I have never heard of this Glitch thing. <laughs> and I just like went to that out of a whim. And now all of this happened. So yeah, I agree, definitely. Mm-hmm. You never know when you might find the person who's going to like show you all this new stuff or give you an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big thing. Um, I, I have a community at my school, so there's a lot of people I know and a lot of connections I'm making, but a lot of people aren't there aren't necessarily also going into games. So there's a lot of people that are interested in becoming Pixar animators, or there are people that want to work as storyboard artists for Cartoon Network, so it can really vary a lot. So it's especially important for me to go out there and meet like local people that are like in the like the local games industry so, uh-huh. and just like get to know them, like help them out with their projects or just like see what's being made. Yeah. And we've given this advice on the show before. If you can't find community, build it. Yep. Because there's always people <laughs> and there's an always enough people who are interested. And so, and that's what you're doing is you're helping build it. That's great. So you, uh, you, you said you're working sort of indirectly, right? The, the, the education you have is going to help you, but it's not directly related to what you want to do. So, do you have a game plan for post-graduation? Like what, uh, you know, eventually you're going to have to hit that ground running. What's the, what's the plan? Fortunately, I'm able to get started uh, before mm-hmm. I graduate. My school, the way it works, so to graduate, you have to complete like a, you know, like a senior thesis project of some okay. sort. And for different majors, it can be very strict. So I'm pretty sure for graphic design majors, you have to like show off your portfolio or something. Uh, for the a- animation majors, it's pretty open-ended. 
you can make an installation piece. You can just make a simple two-minute film. So I already have like a little, a little plan for what I want to do for uh-huh. my senior project. My junior year and senior year, I'm going to be taking all the, uh, the coding classes and the video game classes my uh, school provides. And my senior project will be participating in the Game of Month uh, jam. Oh, cool. Nice. Oh, that's right. You would that talk so to us cool. about that. That is exciting. <laughs> yeah, so my uh, plan to, to make sure I can balance it okay is just to pretend like once a month I'm participating in like a 24-hour game jam make something and then like pretty it up. Uh, I specify that just because I know normally prototypes you like, you know, programmer art is what <laughs> I hear a lot, but because of my artistic background, I want to show off particularly my skills. So like keep the, keep the games really simple, but mm-hmm. the art like pretty complex is what I'm like focusing on. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping to have like a little small portfolio by the time I come out of school. Oh, nice. That okay. is so cool. That's mm-hmm. such a good idea. Yeah, that, that's smart. Yeah, Very that smart. seems like the maximizing your educational opportunities and also t- strategically planning for the future. That's, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so if anyone else there is feels like lost in the ocean, that's a good plan to adopt. Mm-hmm. Something similar to that for sure. Yeah, I think a lot of art programs uh, work similarly. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a senior project where you have to present it in a gallery show with all of the other uh, graduating class. So if your program can allow it, make a game. Because you could easily, I mean, you just make the argument, you know, this is what I want to do as a career. And my school is very focused on making sure these kids have jobs Mm -hmm. afterwards. You know, some schools are very like, you're a fine artist. (laughs) Paint what you want. And it's like, (laughs) but how do I pay the bills? Shh, shh, you don't need to know that. (laughs) Paint. (laughs) So my school is super, super focused on like, okay, so you're going to have a job after this. You are definitely going to have money to pay the bills. So I just tell them, hey, you know, this is what I want to do. And they're like, awesome, we'll make it work. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Is that one of the reasons why you chose MCAT or are there other reasons why? Uh, I actually didn't know about their like feelings on that sort of thing. Um, I chose MCAT because of their animation program. It was a lot, how do I put it? I don't know, more prestigious than all the other schools I was looking at. Mm -hmm. Because for a while I was only looking at schools uh, in my home state, New Jersey. I was looking at like, I don't know, Guys might not know these names, but like Rutgers and like Montclair. And then uh, I saw an MCAD booth at a portfolio day in uh, Philadelphia. And then like I talked to the person and they were just like, yeah, we have this animation program and stuff. And I was like, yes, (laughs) sign me up. Another one of those uh, random happenstances? Yeah, completely random. I, Mm -hmm. I didn't know the school beforehand and I just... I mostly talked to the person because they looked really bored and I felt bad for them. <laughs> I mean, you're in Philadelphia and it's like this school from Minnesota. So like, you know, no one knows about this school. Yeah. Um, so I was just like, hey, you know, can you look at my portfolio? Just like give me a critique. And she did. And I just looked at the school later. She's like, wow. <laughs> so yeah, it was completely random. Nice. Because you're not in a game design program, but you're making it work for what you want to do, what would you what would you change if, say, you did have you did know exactly what you wanted to do when you started college? I knew I wanted to get into games. In oh, high okay. School. I very purposefully chose what I chose because of actually an extra credits video. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny enough, because uh, their advice was, you know, if you want to go into a, if you're like an artsy person, you can go to a traditional art school because you get the you still get the same skills. The tech the technical side might change, but you can still learn those same fa- 
uh, foundation skills. That and a lot of the game design programs are like non like uh, for profit schools, which like that's a big red flag yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and I kept hearing like varying things where it's like, oh, some employers don't trust game design degrees or game art degrees. Yeah. Some do. So I thought the safest bet would be just to get a traditional animation, uh, a traditional animation degree. Sure. But I guess just because the classes that are offered at my school, they aren't even necessarily focused on games themselves. It's called virtual environments. So it's it can be like an installation piece where it's not quite a game. Mm. Um, I think having more classes about game design and then, you know, classes about engines and then the art. Like, honestly, my degree is very close to being like perfect to what I want. It just doesn't have that game design uh, component. Mm. Like how to make this art work, work with a level or, or like something like that. Or like well, just, it has that, it has like, you know, exploring an engine and making something work. I was thinking more about like the, the more nitty gritty details of, um, you know, systems of a game and how, what's fun. Sure. Yeah. sure. How do you, how do you convey this information to a player? Things like that. That is not like in my education whatsoever. Mm. And I think that would be, that would be really nice. Yeah. Well, I think even in like uh, game dev programs, whether they be like for-profit uh, associate degree kind of things or, or, or even just online courses, a lot of them are about the technologies and less about the philosophies and systems and game design, right? As yep. opposed to development. And I know Steven, like that's your big thing. Like yes. you're committed to that element of game dev more than anything else, yep. the design elements. And you know, and you like most of us are self-taught in these areas. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Um, I do wish that there was something more available here in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really anything like that. You basically have to just find it on your own. And yeah. so I agree with you in that, like Rachel, in that, like we, if we had that kind of a uh, program here somewhere in Minnesota, that would be amazing. Because I don't, I don't. It's it's very difficult to find that in anywhere in in the U.S. Really. Yeah. Uh, I. I believe there's probably um, some classes that you can take at the, what's the one in New York? Oh, NYU Game Center? Yes, the Game Center. I believe there are classes you can take on game design there, but they're just, there's far, there's very few of them. A lot of people from UW, University of Wisconsin, Stout. Hey, that program looks awesome. Yeah, that program looks, <laughs> and that's like a recent, is it a more recent development? Um, it. I feel I feel that's true, but it might just because I only recently heard. Right. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, that that's one thing in the Midwest that uh, is up and coming, and the people who are coming out of that program seem like they're yeah. they're they have a lot of the skills that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like that, and I think I think having glitch in our community is really good because you you can do what you did, Rachel, and go to it like a traditional thing in whatever field you're in there. So like computer science or art, and then you can get at least a taste of what all the other disciplines and games are by doing glitch programs and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know uh, the immersion program in this cohort had uh, a pro- game a prototyping and game design workshops. And I know that when, when uh, I think Martha, you maybe you Steven at GDC last year, it was a game design workshop. Oh, yeah. Workshop. part of that. Yep. Yeah. Um, that was a blast. And I learned so much. And it made me think, like, wow, I, 
this it was just two days mm-hmm. and it felt like oh man if there was a whole program for this mm-hmm. um, right and that was I mean by that point I felt like you know it's like well I don't know hardly anything but at least I kind of know the basics and here I was <laughs> learning the basics I'm like oh right there's still so much you don't know you don't know mm-hmm. and those are the kinds of programs and and even just little workshops and stuff like that that like if you have an opportunity like take advantage even if you feel like you know oh I've done all the Unity tutorials I I kind of know what I'm doing yeah Rachel you were talking about those books earlier that you had yeah. the librarian get for you are there any examples that uh, you would recommend to our listeners Ooh, uh, I forget the author right now so I apologize but one game I really love is Game Design Workshop I believe mm. so what's great about that is it's literally a class in a book. So it is very hands-on. It's like every couple pages, there are a couple exercises that it tells you to do. So it's like, oh, okay, so go anal- like find the, the relations between uh, the game fi- Go Fish and Quake oh. is one of the exercises. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, and it's a, it's a really great book, especially like, I mean, it's, it's a class in a book. I mean, what can you complain about? <laughs> you can, it's a lot. I mean, just the fact that it's, I'm a very like hands-on visual learner. Yeah. So just reading or hearing things doesn't really stick very well. So just being told, all right, now go, go do this. Just, I don't know. It helps a lot. A lot of these books are just all about theory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, theory is fun to think about. But if you don't do it, then you're not really learning anything yet. It's especially yeah. like important in video games because it's all about that (laughs) interaction Mm -hmm. there's i mean a lot of this applies to other arts um but the learning by doing Mm -hmm. is i feel particularly strong with video games and part of that might have to do with the fact that there's not a lot of other options to learn (laughs) is doing is really the you know the most practical way to learn but i also feel that it's the best way yeah so um yeah seek those little workshop uh lessons out not just tutorials but like activities that that give you an opportunity to be creative at, at a small scale and learn bit by bit, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We want to talk a little bit about uh, our own educational backgrounds, the 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 rest of us here at the table. Kind oh of, yeah, because sure. uh, one of the things I think is interesting about this subject is how how diverse people's backgrounds are when it comes to getting started, right? Yeah, L- um, learning. Okay, uh, I went to school for mechanical engineering. Didn't like mechanical engineering. It's not fun. <laughs> I mean, well, it, 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 it's it's not that it's not like creative because it really is. It's an engineering mm-hmm. uh, field, and you have to like come up with creative uh, solutions to develop machines. But it wasn't for me, and um, I found early on through um, what is now Glitch because it wasn't Glitch at the time. Tapone. Uh, Tapone gaming was what it used to be called. <laughs> um, uh, I found out that I had a big interest in game design. In developing video games, and so after a five-year attempt at school, I decided to go make games instead. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. What were your first resources when you started getting more interested seriously in this topic? Yeah, uh, YouTube. You know, I, I looked at uh, extra credits. Mm-hmm. It's really useful. Um, they are. Yeah, and I just <laughs> I, I seeked out um, a community and asked people. Yeah. Uh, I I mean I. Grab, I hooked my brother and my friend into making a video game with me. <laughs> it was kind of a spur of the moment thing, but now we're doing it. We've been doing it for two and a half years, but um, I wouldn't trade that for anything, even though we've probably spent too much time on the game at this point. Right. Um, I've learned so much that it's just, it's so great. So I guess I just found some people and decided to work on a game. That was my resource. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really helpful for me to do that. Cool. Yeah. What about you, Martha? 
Uh, I went to the U of M for linguistics and entomology, uh, which is bugs, not meaning. Um, (laughs) And uh, then I went to Prime Digital Academy to learn to code. And I feel like I've been indirectly learning game design from my dad for a really long time. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, my whole life, I guess, because <laughs> he uh, made used to make board games and video games and has that kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like my theater education, in high, like I did theater in high school, and I feel like that has been one, like a really big influence because you're like basically making a play that you can control and... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, helpful helpful for animation too. Yeah, mm-hmm. Act, and like um, You're the working actor. with yes, <laughs> and working with other people, like working on a team on building something, making something. Mm-hmm. So, and then glitch. <laughs> <laughs> also glitch. <laughs> that's always the en- it's always the yes. end of the first chapter for a lot of us. Yeah. Like, then I found glitch. <laughs> that's definitely true of me as well. Um, I, I, you know, like any artistic kid, I couldn't decide which of the things I wanted to do. Right. So I'm like, Oh, I want to be a writer. I want to be a poet. I want to be an artist. I want to be a, an animator, all those things. And so I spent enough time trying each of those. And I'm like, I want to do something where I can leverage all these things that I've been trying. <laughs> yeah. And for over the, uh, for a long time that was film. And, uh, and then, uh, I learned more programming mm-hmm. and became invested in that as a creative expression. And so games just, uh, uh, maybe, I don't know, this might be a little bit, it kind of seemed obvious, but also kind of just the natural end of the road. It's actually, I'm also almost not proud of how I came to it because it was just like, well, this is what I could do with that stuff. And <laughs> a little bit, I suppose. Mm. Um, it, it, it was, I guess uh, when I started doing it, I, I, I just loved it so quickly that it felt, it felt right, I cool. guess. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm still looking for like proper educational resources because I feel like so much, like you know, like that game design workshop at GDC, I find myself surprised a lot by how much I still don't know and how, and I'm always looking to be surprised again <laughs> because I just, because yeah, it, it's, it is very difficult to cobble together uh, expertise. Uh, it's, it's not, it, it, there's the learning by doing, but, and that gets you pretty far, but then you, there's so many things you leave behind by not looking for it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My brother, um, the perpetual student, Charles McGregor, <laughs> um, he uh, oftentimes will look at uh, GDC talks. Yeah. Um, and also there's uh, talks at the Unite conference because he specifically makes games in, un- in Unity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Unite is the Unity convention yes. held yearly. Yep. Yes, yes. Uh, and then, like I said, there's plenty of things on YouTube. There's, uh, oh, Game Makers Toolkit is another exciting or interesting. Mark Brown is yeah, awesome. He is, yeah, he is. He really is. Um, that's another cool YouTube uh, show you guys should check out. He does he does a show also called Boskies where he goes through each um, Zelda game and ch- uh, analyzes the dungeons. Hmm. It's pretty cool because he's like developed his uh, like a flow chart for them now. So. Yeah, those types of deconstructions mm-hmm. are especially valuable. Another GDC thing I saw last year was an uh, it was a poster talk. So it was just out in the hallway and it was a fifteen minute. Thing very simple, mm-hmm. but it was about um, different um, uh, jump patterns. Oh yeah, I was there for that in two D games, and I mean a really very focused, simple topic, um, and, and not not actionable in any way. Like you couldn't walk away from that and do anything with it. Mm-hmm. But just the, w- the way it was presented is just learning from examples. Um, it was really powerful because right. it just it gives you a language to work on your own ideas. But at the, but unlike say a tutorial. 
um, you, you're not just following instructions. You're learning concepts and and um, and, and learning how to iterate on on what is just an idea you have. You can express it using the, the language that you learn this way. So that's yeah. those are the things that that really excite me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny because I actually kind of like disagree with you a little bit. Oh, yeah? I mean, not that educational like more educational resources are a bad thing mm-hmm. a part of me is always afraid unless it's like a work a hands-on workshop yeah. like gdc talks and like articles you can get super sucked into only reading yeah. and no uh, sure. longer making yeah right so i don't know maybe it's the fine art art school i'm going to that's really <laughs> influencing me but i'm like why do you need like a teacher like just yeah the most important thing if you are an artist is you need to consume all media not just the media that you like you're within whether you're a fine arts painter you're writing books or you're making games but you want to you know look at everything especially you know if you're making games you can get a feel for like what people are into right now mm-hmm. um, you can get like a you develop a good taste by playing a lot yeah. so i feel like you play a lot you know watch a lot read a lot mm-hmm. do a lot and show other people your work and yes. uh, learn how to give feedback. Yes. Right, right, so right. as as long as you have those things in your life, you don't need a teacher. You don't need a class. Just keep doing. Just keep making. Yeah, yeah. And you know that's we touched on this a little bit in a previous episode about that that fear of not knowing. Yeah. It's keeping you from doing something. And I think that's great advice. It's like it doesn't matter if you're doing it right. <laughs> Just do mm-hmm. it right. Mm-hmm. And, and and yeah, uh, by osmosis. That's that's not a bad way to to learn things or just being exposed to stuff. Yeah, and especially like, and I hate, I, I don't want to diss on anyone here, but <laughs> I strongly believe in not working on one thing for a very long time, at least in the beginning. Uh-huh. Just keep like, I mean, that's why I'm going to do a, a game a month for, for my yeah, senior project yeah. is I just want to keep learning and like kind of like leave stuff behind me. So I just want to like, just keep making something new and you'll keep learning new things. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's definitely the smart direction. <laughs> I mean, not that you can't have a big project because I oh, feel yeah. like everyone has like that their their yeah. masterpiece hiding behind uh, hiding behind the curtains. Uh, Rachel's working really hard not to insult Stephen and I, <laughs> <laughs> who are currently both of us sucked into a huge yeah. project right now. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe it might be fun for you guys just to step out of that and just work on something new. I don't know. Did you guys? We do well, that sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. game jams. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, game jams are perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's and that's it's it's. I feel like there needs to be a balance because if you are moving from thing to thing, then you never stop to finish a thing, right? Or or, yeah. or or iterate on a thing, yeah. But at the same time, man, it is so limiting to be so narrow and focused on one big project, even if you have to, yeah, because it needs to get done eventually. <laughs> um, yeah. So I totally take uh, your your meaning there, which is just like you you need to diversify, you need to try new things as often as is practical. Or maybe even a little more than is practical. Mm-hmm. I guess you'd say, right? Yeah. <laughs> actually, you did, you brought up something I wasn't thinking about: is mm-hmm. uh, learning how to polish something up and actually finish it. Yeah. Is also another important skill. Mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. it depends on what you're bad at. <laughs> <laughs> like some people like love just working and like I need I need to put in that final touch, and other people are just like on to my next sketch. Right. Right. So I guess it just it just depends on what kind of person you are that you need to work on. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I feel like I have the opposite problem in that I go from thing to thing and never choose one thing to <laughs> consistently work on. I guess the self awareness is yeah. the key, right? Yeah. Because I mean, mm-hmm. we are sort of giving all the advice right now. You know what I mean? Out <laughs> of it, but know. it's you know, it's it's all true. Yeah. It, it's just yeah. Um, yeah. Be aware of yes. what what you're doing and what you haven't done yet, and 
And yeah. if you have a community of friends, you don't you don't even have to be self aware. Your friends are just <laughs> like, "What the heck are you doing?" They won't let you get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's an excellent note, I think, to go out on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Rachel, people gonna want to know more about your group and you and your work. Um, where can they find you online? On everything, uh, my username is is not short. Uh, Slack, Twitter. Uh, everything but Instagram. Instagram, I am is definitely not short. Is <laughs> <laughs> not short. Was taken there, unfortunately. Uh, so that's where you can find me there. Okay, brilliant. Well, that's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or a nice like us. Rachel, will you give us a, a review? Depends on how much you pay me. Mm. <laughs> we'll negotiate off mic, but in the meantime, uh, you folks out there, uh, let your friends know if you like the show. Uh, it's incredibly important for us to get noticed, so spread that word. We also want to hear directly from you, so follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club. Let us know how we're doing, send us your topics, and ask us your questions. Lastly, you can find more about the show and your nice hosts, as well as all the links and notes from this episode at nicegames.club. So, until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.